is up, everybody, and welcome to the Quad Pod Sports Podcast. My name is Trevor Howard. With me, I also have Josh Warren. What's up, all you cool cats and kittens? We have Trey Lee, who also got Josh hurt. Yeah, uh, Josh has a boot because he was helping me get a grill for my stepdad. So there will, be a go, there will be a GoFundMe account set up at some point, so please donate. <laughs> And we also have Jeffrey Scott Wills, Hi. Jr. Yes, Jr. is important. <laughs> so today we're going to talk a little bit about what games we have been to that are our favorite college football games of all time. We've all been to a few really cool games in our years as college football fanatics, and I think Josh Warren would like to start us out. Um, whew, um, picking a favorite game is, uh, going to be difficult. Um, I've been, I got to go to Bama, Clemson, part one, two, um, and three. I didn't go to the SmackDown in California, praise the Lord. Yeah, but probably the best college football game I've been to would be the national championship game in Atlanta versus Alabama and Georgia and getting to firsthand watch the second and 26, um, gorgeous touchdown pass that introduced us all to the wonderful world um, of Tua and just his amazingness as a quarterback. Um, so that's going to be my favorite game would be the uh, year that we beat George in Atlanta to take on that 17th natty. I think the best part about that game is Danny Cannell's tweet. Yes, we love Danny Cannell. <laughs> yes. The the best part of that game was as we were leaving the Georgia Dome, uh, they had the ESPN set set up and Danny Cannell was there. And as every Ooh. Alabama fan that walked past him, let him know how we felt about him. It was uh, it was awesome. Uh, then Danny Cannell got fired, so you know that's kind of sad for him. Rip him. Well, it's always a good day when Danny Cannell has something bad happen to him. So that's very true. Um, so I haven't been to a ton of games, but one that stands out to me uh, that I went to was the 2014 SEC championship game with um, Bama versus Mizzou. It wasn't like a memorable game, but just 2014 was just such a fun season with the first year of the playoff and everything. And that year, Bama had um, Blake Sims and Amari Cooper, and Amari Cooper finished with like third in the Heisman voting that year. So I think that year in itself was just really exciting, and I thought that was a really good game. Um, My favorite game, I, my family for a long time, had season tickets to Auburn games. Um, So I think from like 2011, up until 2016, they had season tickets. Um, so I got to see a lot of fun games. I think my favorite game um, was the, the I, I, I'm in between like three. Um, my the third one that I don't think is my favorite, I think it was the most exciting. Trey and I went to um, the Titan Stadium, Nissan Stadium in uh, Tennessee and Nashville to watch the Auburn-Purdue game play the Music City Bowl. Um, two seasons ago, three seasons ago, and there's a fire on the sideline beforehand. We got to see that um, Purdue's, like, uh, student that um, died from cancer short after that. That was cool. And Auburn smacked Purdue, so that was pretty fun. Um, it's, it's in between this year's Iron Bowl and um, the prayer at Jordan-Hare. Um, the Georgia game, the Auburn-Georgia game, uh, where Nick Marshall – Chunked it up. Um, I think it was this year's Iron Bowl, though. Um, 
I sadly was not there for the kick sick. So I was like, oh, we're going to get stomped. I don't want to go watch it get stomped in the Iron Bowl. Um, so I didn't go to that one, sadly. But this year's Iron Bowl was ridiculous. I know Trevor was a big fan of it. Um, but, rock, Tim. <laughs> but it um it was so loud. It was super fun being in student section this year. Um, and for that game made it even more enjoyable because everyone was so hyped the entire time. And we also, um, when that, when Alabama had that field goal from like 17 yards out and it hit the post, it went, that's the only time in the entire game it went completely silent in the student section. I wasn't right even surprised that, that post, play. <laughs> you could hear, you could hear the ding and then everyone got really loud again. You couldn't hear anything. Um, of Aaron Sippus as a wide receiver. So, yeah, yeah, I've never seen Auburn play an Aussie out wide, so that was nice. Um, yeah, Trey, yeah. what about you? Uh, I had the privilege of going to the kick six game, and that one will definitely be my pick. But before I go over that, why that game was so fun, I also want to explain that I was at the Auburn Jacksonville State game, so I have yeah, the, yeah. the most stressful Auburn game of all time. <laughs> That was a fun one. That was a terrible game, and I hate Jacksonville State as a Troy student, but I hate them even more now that I watched that game. But back to the kick six. That game was just so much fun, just starting out with with the players in that game. You had A.J. McCarron, who was pretty much almost the Heisman favorite and had that big 99-yard play to Amari Cooper, which they – pegged as the play of the game, and I thought it was hilarious every single time. They pegged it as the play of the game when I watched it back. Um, but I think once Marshall hit that play to Coates to tie the game up, I was like, holy crap, this is this is the play of the game. And then Saban wanted the second back on the clock, and the rest is history. So the kick six was just – the atmosphere there was absolutely incredible. I was – that's one of my favorite games I've ever – witnessed and I got to experience that with my dad and it's really cool. I didn't know this podcast was gonna give me depression today, but you know I remember <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Hey, I was at the Auburn game where Derek Henry ran all over, so that That uh, was a good game. That was a good game. Mm-hmm. I was at the game that year that it was um, like fifty five to forty four and Auburn had that twenty point lead in Bryant Denny mm-hmm. at halftime. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, that game was insane to sit through. Probably the worst Bama game I've that my top two worst Bama games I've ever sat through would have to be um, the year that Johnny Manziel came into Tuscaloosa and kicked Ooh. us in the teeth in the fourth quarter, and then that year that um, Old Miss beat us in Tuscaloosa with those oh. crossing the line <laughs> of scrimmage clearly <laughs> and not getting called for it because Hubert Owens can't see out of his face. My favorite um, games to watch as an Auburn fan. <laughs> those were those were like the back. The was that the first year that Ole Miss beat Alabama? Second. Year they beat us. It was the second year because they beat us that first year and they pulled the goalpost down. Yeah, that was the year that it was. The like, second year was like so late. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, but um, my best Auburn game that I've ever watched would have to be the year that they gave up the national championship to FSU. Mm. With like a second to go, the sure Mason slip. Famous Jameis somehow won it. Um, yeah, that was a sad game. Now he wore a 
Florida State shirt a few days yes, after. I did. I think this really um, – our favorite games that we've been to really shows the success of Auburn and Alabama programs. Oh, Trey's and game is like, yeah, watching Auburn beat Alabama. And Josh is over there, oh, each national championship we win, I'm there. So it, it really shows the, the difference of the, the level the programs are held at in the South, East especially. Anyone have any games that are not Auburn, Alabama that you would like to talk about that you've been to that you have enjoyed? I don't think I've ever been to another one. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't been to another one. I've been to like a, a Jacksonville State game or a Troy game before, but uh, no offense to either of those colleges. They're just not at that level of Auburn yeah. or Alabama. I think that's the difficult part for us, you know, especially living in Alabama, the heart, you know, we live in the heart of college football country. I mean, you know, it's been said for years that college football flows through the state of Alabama, um, you know, with Alabama and Auburn. And, and not only that, it flows through the SEC. I mean, what was it? Was it like a um, seven-year run where the, where the national champion was in the SEC, whether it was Bama, Florida, or Auburn? Um, and, I mean, just to see a conference like that be so dominant, I mean, even still now. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's been the year where, you know, Clemson took a couple. But other than that, I mean, it's been – the SEC has still been a really dominant conference. Um, and to see that they've been able to adapt to, you know, like um, Big 12 offenses or uh, this how, how different conferences have developed. But to see if the SEC has been able to stick to its roots um, and still prove that defense can still win championships. Um, and, uh, but, you know, just being a fan – not, not only being an Alabama fan, but being a football fan, and um, then but being an SEC fan, it's just you know it's like what it says you know when they talk about the SEC, it just means more down here, um, yeah. and I think that's one of the cool things about living uh, um, in an SEC state. What what team is the last team that wasn't in the South, um, like regional, in the South that won Ohio the state. national championship? Ohio, Ohio state, state when they beat is that year? Mm-hmm. Is it twenty fourteen? Yes. That first year of the yeah. playoffs. <laughs> Before that, was it? A, a while ago, before, before that, it would have. Yeah, before that, it would have been. It would have been like USC USB. or something. USC, yeah. because you've got to think you had Oklahoma, Texas. Um, yeah. They were winning them. It was USC before. It was USC. Yeah, USC I mean, dominated, even, and then even then, it, like all the southern teams were still pretty prevalent. Yeah, but I mean, even I mean, even to now, you know, it's been Bama, Clemson, Bama, um, Clemson, LSU. Um, yeah. I mean, just to see um, that's stayed in the South for national champions. Speaking of college football, um, we all currently miss the NCAA games for the X. So much. It is one of the staples of college football, and I still currently play with a an updated roster on that game. Um, so a college football standout, Lamar Jackson, was just named the cover athlete for Madden. Um so, with that being said, who are some athletes that you would have liked to see on the cover of NCAA in the past? Who was the, who was the last guy on the cover of NCAA? Was it the guy from Michigan? Yes, Denard, yeah, Robinson. Denard Robinson. Robinson. Um, I mean, people that I think should have been on it, um, definitely think Derrick Henry should have been on the cover of that um, sure. edition when we won the national championship when we beat Clemson and Glendale. I think he should have been on that cover. Um I would have liked to – I mean, Lamar Jackson could have been on the cover of the NCAA for just how he played at Louisville. Um, I think a Deshaun Watson could have been on it from Clemson. 
Um, and then I think if we were having it this year, um, you could make a case for Burrow. Um, would I like to see Burrow on it? No. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of people, you know, I've seen a lot of debates about, you know, if Tua should have been on it. I think if Tua could have completed a season maybe. Um, I mean, there was still a chance he could have been put on a cover, expect just for the way he played in that national championship game. Um, but I would definitely say for sure it would need to be Derrick Henry, Lamar Jackson, and probably Deshaun Watson. I'd like to see something kind of like the 2013 cover where they had RG3 and had, like, Barry Sanders, like, in the corner. And there was another player on the other side. I can't remember who it was. But it would be nice to see for, like, the new game if they had, like, like you said, a Joe Burrow and then had, like, maybe, like, Mariota and, like, Jameis Winston on the side or something like that. You know, they, they were pretty much the staple, like, quarterback between, like, the years that um, NCAA 14 kind of wasn't around. So I think those three would be pretty cool. And, like, a Lamar Jackson, maybe Deshaun Watson, like, split. I think it would have to be whoever would sell the most copies. Because when, when, when NCAA 2014 came out, I had no clue who that who the guy from right. this year was. I was like, why is he on the cover? Why is it not right. like an Alabama or, or an Auburn yeah. player? Yeah, I think, like, you know, one of the highest years they sold was that year they threw Mark Ingram on the cover. Yeah, um, it was 2012, I think. It was a 2012 edition mm-hmm. when they threw Ingram on there. But I, I think it would have to be yeah. Derrick Henry or something, someone like that caliber um, who killed it in college. Um, and it's still killing and, it in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they used to really go hard at the um, Heisman winners to get those covers because they used to do the voting, and a lot of the Heisman winners did win. And I know, like, 2014, it was between Denard Robinson was a quarterback from Michigan and like um, Ryan Tannehill that was at A&M at the time. So I think the voting went down and uh, Denard Robinson got it. But I think it would be nice to see more the Heisman winners getting more of the love on the cover. I think that'd be pretty cool. I think you also could make a case for guys like Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley and guys that were like studs. Oh, yeah. And – even Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Oh shoot, yes. Yeah. I think for this next year, if if they had a NCAA twenty one that came out, you could make a case for guys like a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or a Derek King from Miami being on the cover. Mm. I just really think, like y'all said, it would be who sells more copies. Um, maybe even for the past, Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield, you could do a combo for the Oklahoma Heisman winners. Let me ask y'all a question. With that new rule that the NCAA passed earlier this year about how players can make money off their likeness in an image. Do you think there's a chance we see um, an NCAA come out in the near future? Pretty, sure. I, are they still not – are they going to make that gridiron game that they were talking about? They've been talking about it, but I haven't heard anything – because I know that Kirk Herbstreit had said at one point he was in talks with EA Sports um, about him and Chris Fowler doing recordings for uh, the games and everything. And so instead of – because it was Herb Street and who in the uh, – um, I forget who the I other guy was. I love Herb. getting the updates from the yeah. other games from Kirk Herb Street. Yeah. Um, be like a Herb Street and Fowler thing, and they would do the recording for the games um, to put on there. But we need the think, Burning yeah. Gary combo. Oh, please combo. no. Please no. no. I would not buy that game. Please no. I mean, yes, I'm at the point of where I'm so ready to watch sports that I would listen to Burning Gary, but not to play on my – PlayStation or Xbox, please no. I would just mute it. I'd mute the oh, game yeah, and play music in the background. I rewatched the uh, Bama-Florida SEC championship game from 09, and I had to mute it at points because it was Vernon Gary calling the game, and I just couldn't at some point. I'd only uh, want them to be on the game if they called it wrong the entire time, just right. make it a little bit more realistic. 
like say Auburn has the ball, Alabama at the twenty, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of that SEC That's championship game, um, I completely forgot that Aaron Hernandez played for Florida in that game, and so I'm watching Bama Florida in '09, and Aaron Hernandez is out there running all over uh, Bama's <laughs> defense. And I was like, if only he knew him. What's going to happen? They're like, made a documentary about you, dude. I know, right? You're Netflix famous. <laughs> this week, Bleacher Report released an article talking about some potential college football trades that would happen if they could ever trade players on teams. So our own Trevor Howard created some trades of his own that he'd like to talk about now. Yeah, so um, in terms of like major needs at different universities right now, for my first one that I wrote down, I said LSU needed a quarterback. They've got Miles Brennan right now. I think he's like a – is he a redshirt junior right now or something, something like that? Something like that, yeah. I know he got to play oh, a little I mean, bit when they would pull Burrow, but other than that. He doesn't have that much experience. I don't, I don't think he's that great of a quarterback, which, I mean, that could, I could say that now. I'm like, come fall time, him being really scary. But So for this trade, I would say that LSU would trade out Miles Brennan and Terrence Marshall. And I know Terrence Marshall is LSU's, like, number two receiver for next year, but in return, they would get a Sam Howell out of North Carolina. And I think Sam Howell is probably the next Baker Mayfield. He kind of looks like him. He's really scrappy looking and he is very athletic. So I think that would be a good fit for that kind of system that they want to run. How do you think LSU's offense is going to change with Joe Brady leaving to go to the Panthers? I'd just be interested to really see how good of an offensive coordinator, um, what's that guy's name at LSU? Um, and it'll be really interesting to see what kind of offensive coordinator he is or how much were they relying on Joe Brady last year. I do think a lot of Brady's tendencies will stick there. Right. They will they won't be the same like run the ball, run the ball, right. run the ball like they've been. Yeah. But I do and think they will yeah. transition back. Then I'll be interested to see what LSU's defense looks like with um their defensive coordinator leaving too. What was his name? Uh Dave Aranda, yeah, uh, with him leaving. Where did, did he go to? He went to Baylor, yeah. Took uh, that guy. Oh yeah, the head coach. He took the, the head coaching at Baylor. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so yeah. well, I think their defense is going to be fine. Their defense is stacked. Yeah. And they just got that grad transfer from um, North Dakota State. He was like right. all um, whatever conference they're in. I was going to say, what do you or what do you all think about Sam Howell? Super good quarterback. I watched the Clemson. Um, North Carolina game yesterday, and just that dude has some some really good qualities. I'm honestly kind of scared about the Auburn game next year against him, and I think he will would I think he'd flourish in that system and play very well in the SEC and be a an asset for LSU. Yeah, I uh, I think he would fit in perfectly with what Ogeron and Ensminger are trying to build on at LSU. Um, it's just a thing of um. Would he be able to adjust from a Mac Brown offense to a Ed Ogeron Enslinger offense? Because it's so different in what they're trying to do. Um, that would be my only concern: is how would he transition, especially with there being no camp really with COVID nineteen disrupting everything. Um, yeah, that's, that's but, a good point about the no spring camp. I mean, I guess that in that scenario, it'd be kind of unreasonable. But like, just in terms of like 
if he was just to go in there right now, like say right. nothing, none of this was happening. I mean, right. if he I would think go in he'd there be now, a pretty yeah. good fit. If he would go in there now and have the spring and the summer to get acclimated, it would be another year of LSU could make a deep run. Um, it would take a really, really good defense to stop him. Um, yeah, because they're, they're pretty loaded top to bottom, like yeah, even I, after all yeah. these draft picks going. I mean, early preseason, LSU probably has the best defense in the West. Um, that's with not seeing what Auburn's going to do and or how Alabama's going to look with so many starters returning. Um, I mean, yes, it's great that Alabama's getting its two senior linebackers back. Um, I'll just be interested to see what Bama's defensive line looks like um, and how well they're able to gel together. Yeah, I would definitely say LSU's probably got the nod for top defense in the West right now, especially with that secondary. Exactly. So another trade I thought would be pretty solid is Wisconsin getting a new running back. They just lost Jonathan Taylor. He's going in the draft. I mean, he has been the workhorse there for four or three straight seasons, averaging about almost 2,000 yards a season. I mean, he's been an absolute stud. So I think a good fit for there would be a James Cook out of Georgia. Mm. Somebody that's not like he's like third on the depth chart, but I mean extremely yeah. talented. I think he's a former five star. He's um brothers with Dalvin Cook. So I think him going in there, he needs playing time. I think he could be a workhorse if they did not. And I have um so for this trade I basically have Wisconsin trading Caden Lyles. He's an offensive lineman. He's pretty versatile. He can uh, pretty much play on anywhere on the line. I think Georgia needs another guy like that after losing so many um, players to the transfer portal in terms of like offensive line. And in turn, Wisconsin would get two skill players and a James Cook and a Trey Bennett or Trey Blunt. Sorry, that would be a really interesting trade because I mean, what it's been for the past two or three, four almost probably four seasons that Wisconsin's been in a playoff position because of who their running back has been. Um, and this is like the first year that we see that Wisconsin doesn't have a holy crap look at their backfield. Um, and so getting somebody out of Georgia who is a really good running back, but just because um, – and another interesting thing too was the is that if they would look – I mean, if they were still looking in the SEC, I mean, if you look at a running back room like Alabama um, and how many running backs we've got on scholarship um, and poaching yes. somebody from there. Um, but, um, I mean, because there's several teams in the SEC that have a extreme surplus of running backs. Um, but I think it would be an interesting trade if they were to trade an offensive lineman, um, especially if they were trying to build a running game. Um, but then again, you know, Wisconsin's always had a, has always had great lines on both sides of the ball. Um, but I think it would be a really interesting trade if that were to happen. I'm glad you're not trading Zamir White because he's going to be the next big running back for Georgia, but Georgia is I think one of the best running back places, they produce the best running backs out of anywhere in the country. I mean, looking at like DeAndre Swift and Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle, Todd Gurley, you're looking at guys that are very successful in the next level. And I think a guy like James Cook, you're, you're going to get a really good guy from Wisconsin and you're going to get a guy that will be, could be a next Jonathan Taylor and run like crazy. Do you guys think there's a better pick? like for uh, another running back? It really all depends, in my mind, just 
if we're staying within the SEC, now you can go anywhere else, but if you're staying with the SEC, um, you know, what is – because my, my, my wondering is going to be if you looking at that, you know, what is Bama going to do with their backfield? Um, yeah. Because he had Trey Sanders who didn't get to play because of that foot injury. Um, so he'll be in there. Um, Najee Harris is he's – coming, he's coming back. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah. you got your starting tailback is coming back, and you're getting that five-star red shirt that's coming back that'll be number two. Um, and so it would – but I think that the best trade would probably be Cook from Georgia um, just because of his – just because of how good of a running back he is. And Wisconsin's looking for a workhorse, not just somebody to pick up yardage. And I think Cook would be a better workhorse than anybody else. Yeah, that's one reason I said him and not like somebody like Sanders because I figured Sanders would probably split carries with um, Harris next season, and somebody like Cook's got a, a bigger frame, kind of more power running. I figured he fit Wisconsin's run game better. Yeah, um, Sanders and Bama reminds me a lot more of um, Kenyon Drake. Um, yeah, be a guy for short yardage, um, somebody that can do swing passes two out to the side, and he's quick on the edge. Do you guys think right, um, Booby Whitlow's going to land? Sorry, Trevor. I know you're Booby Whitlow, where do you guys think he is going to end up? Uh, he announced transfer from Auburn a few about a month ago, probably. <clears throat> so where do you guys think he uh, has the possibility of landing? you think he's going to stay in the SEC, or you think he'll go to a Big 12, Big 10, something like that? Honestly, looking at his, like, recruitment places, one of the few other places – that recruited him, I think is, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, Georgia State. Yeah, it was Georgia State that recruited him. So I could see someone like them, a Sun Belt team, like maybe a Troy or somewhere smaller, just just where he could thrive more as a, a player because a lot of these bigger SEC schools have their backs for next year. Even the Big 12 has a lot of running backs. I don't know if there's room for him to go anywhere, but I do think he'll be successful wherever he goes. I just don't think – he will be at a bigger school next year. Um, one more trade I had on here was um, Alabama needed a kicker. Yes, please, and God. <laughs> that's pretty much been a thing for since 2013. We already talked about that game. Let's not talk about it anymore. So I basically had Saban going out and getting a guy um, like an Andre Smith out of um, Syracuse. He's a Lou Groza award winner. And for that trade, I basically had a straight-up trade with um, Syracuse, and we would get Andre Smith, and we would trade Chedarius Townsend. So with Townsend, you're getting a skill player, and I think a team like Syracuse needs some serious skill players on that team to be successful. They're kind of lacking in that kind of in that department. So I think trading a player like that and getting somebody that wins Luke Groza especially for a team like Alabama, is a big get. And, I mean, too, Bama's kicking game would be a billion times better if Will Riker did not have a hip flexor injury. Like, how in the world are you going to be a kicker and have a hip flexor? Like, you can't do anything. And, I mean, in the, in the games that he kicked, he looked really good. Um, but he hurt himself, like, the second game of the season, so we never got to see him kick again. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's it, – Alabama either gets – Alabama never has a kicker, and our linebackers always get hurt. Like, that, that is something you can always count on when it comes to Alabama. Linebackers are going to get hurt, and you're not going to have a kicker. If Auburn ever needed a kicker, uh, 
we have one on this podcast that can go try out for kicker. One, Jeffrey Wills. Hi. Okay. <laughs> so going off of um, college football, we're going to switch topics a little bit. We're going to do something new. I hope you guys enjoy it. I know some people have been asking for this. We are going to talk about not football or basketball. We're going to talk about soccer um, for like five minutes, um, if that's okay with the other guys. Okay, so first, I don't want to talk about this a long time, guys. Um, This is my podcast now. It's not their podcast. They're not a part of this podcast because they don't know anything about soccer. And it's okay. I still love them. Um, But we're going to talk about what's going to happen if the leagues do end this season um for the guys their teams play about 38 games a season they're 28 games into the season um so they're like well over halfway through um so a lot of teams want to end the season um without what's called like relegation and promotion so like teams in lower leagues get promoted up to the higher leagues and the lowest teams in the top leagues get relegated to the bottom uh, or to the lower leagues and so if that if the season's end in the Premier League Liverpool would be named champions obviously sadly they haven't won a title in for forever um, and I don't want them to personally as a Chelsea fan but it's not the end of the world you know in La Liga Barcelona would win it um, and Serie A or Calcio A uh, Juventus would win it in the Bundesliga Bayern Munich would take it and then league on uh, PSG would take it um, like always and I I would be okay if it did end I mean these teams besides I think Barcelona and Juventus and maybe Bayern um, Liverpool and PSG have their leagues by a few points um, at this point in time or when play stopped um, so I wouldn't be opposed in it. I've read reports that the Bundesliga may return in in May. They're trying to do that to where the teams can play without fans in the stadium. But I've seen um, I've seen things. I've seen a lot of backlash on that option because people don't want to not be there in the stadium. Because um, like in American football, people like to be in. Stadiums. It'd be really weird watching an Iron Bowl without fans in it. Um, so I, I think I don't like that option personally. The Premier League is in talks to return or to finish by July. I think it's June or July. Um, so hopefully that happens. And if we have to play without fans in the stadiums, so be it. Another thing that was interesting is the UCL, um, which is the Champions League. Um, is determined to base their who gets into the competition based on their current position in the league but also their sporting merit um, which is how they've performed within the past five years so there's some teams that are are good right now um, like in Spain uh, Real Sociedad sits fourth and in Spain there's four Champions League spots but they're saying they won't get in because uh, Atletico, who sits six, Atletico Madrid, they would get in over them based on their previous sporting era in the past five years. Um, same with Manchester United and Leicester, man. You would get in over Leicester City, even though Leicester uh, holds a top three spot, man, you would take it from them, um, which doesn't need to happen because man, you just needs to stay on the decline. Uh, 
that'd be the best for all of us. Um, and I'm going to finish this little soccer chat with some transfer rumors. Um, I'm a Premier League guy myself, so I'm a, these are mainly Premier League stuff. Uh, for Chelsea, um, there's been talks about getting a replacement for our goalkeeper, Kappa. Um, he has the worst stoppage percentage in the Premier League, um, despite being number four in the league right now. Um, some names being thrown around are Andre Anana from Ajax and um, Donnarumma from AC Milan. Uh, Donnarumma is a younger option, but he's amazing. He's um, 6'5". He has excellent reach, excellent reflexes. Onana is a good leader um, from the back, which Chelsea have been lacking um, since JT left. And then the big ones, Sancho to Manchester United slash Chelsea. I think he'll end up at Manchester United. There have been some reports where he has agreed to terms with Manchester United, um, even though he is an avid Chelsea supporter, as he has stated. Um, but Chelsea are looking at the backup option, Coutinho, um, to Chelsea. And from Barcelona, they're thinking about loaning him in for a year and like 13 million uh, for wages. And then if they if he do, if he succeeds, then they'll buy him from Barcelona. If not, he'll just go back um, like he will after his Bayern Munich spell this season. And last but not least, this isn't a Premier League one. This is a Bundesliga. Kai Havertz, I've seen where Bayern Munich really want to sign him up. And if you know anything about the Bundesliga, you know that Bayern Munich signed every talented German up because um, they're the powerhouse in that uh, league. And so I think Kai Havertz will end up going to a bigger club, whether it be Bayern Munich or if he'll join Julian Brandt in uh, Dortmund. So, yeah, that has been five minutes, iffy, of Soccer Talk with Jeffrey. Now back to your regular scheduled program. Okay, so um, before we end, um, I would like to publicly apologize to one member of the Quad Pod. Um, I would like to publicly apologize to Trevor Howard for saying that he was completely insane that Gronkowski was going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, as the sports world was shocked to find out this week, Tom Brady is getting his favorite target to move with him to Tampa Bay. Um, if you want to hear um, our response to that, you can go to our YouTube channel. And uh, is the uh, little edited portion that we edited out because we thought that was completely insane. Um, so I would just like to completely apologize to uh, Trevor um, on behalf of all of us. I thought members. it was a done deal. I thought it already happened. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I don't know how Trevor time-traveled to the future and back and knew that that was happening, but um, I'm going to trust Trevor with any – I don't condone betting, but if I ever do start betting, Trevor's totally going to be the guy that I ask for betting advice. Trevor, what's your next prediction? Bama versus Ohio State in the Rose Bowl for the playoff this year. Mm. We'll have to wait and see on that one. I think <laughs> moving to Tampa is interesting. Um, we were talking before the podcast. Um, Josh mentioned that they have O.J. Howard from Alabama still down there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if um, – I, I think Gronk is going to come in and take that starting position just because he's oh, yeah. Gronkowski. Um, but O.J. Howard's been pretty productive the past few seasons that he's been in Tampa. Um, so I would be interested to see if they're going to run with two tight ends um, or if they're going to just get OJ in there at some point or if they even trade him. Um, but there's also talks that Tampa want Julian Edelman from the Patriots. Um, 
which is really interesting because we know he is Tom's second favorite option. Um, he was really the guy he leaned on when Gronkowski retired this past season. Um, and we can just, we, yeah. we can just say there's a good chance that um, Tampa Bay does not draft a single player this year because they trade <laughs> all of their picks to the Patriots to take all of their players. I, I think Belichick's up there trying to rebuild. I think they'll keep their first round pick, um, but I think I think yeah they're going to try to trade for Julian Edelman just because oh, yeah. him and Tom have that great chemistry um, that it's hard to to get always especially when a quarterback moves to a new team. So I think Julian Edelman, Gronkowski, Tom Brady. I think Tampa's going to be a good shoe in um, for going making a run for the Super Bowl this year. I agree with that. Uh, I, I I could see that. I could see Julian and um, Gronkowski just moving into Derek Jeter's mansion with um, <laughs> and Giselle. I just a big slumber party. Yeah, big slumber party of the richest dudes in the NFL. Yep. While there's no football to watch, we have a a new docu series to watch about Tom, Julian, and Rob all in the same house. While social. It's like, it's like the Nissan Heisman house, but it's the rich guy's mansion in Tampa and who got arrested the other night and what. All right, so this has been the Quad Pod Sports Podcast Episode 4, and we've had a, a fun time talking about our favorite college football games and other things, college football, and we all took a nap while Jeffrey talked about soccer. So, hope yeah, you all enjoyed this episode. Um, give us a five-star review on iTunes. We are on Instagram at Quad Pod Sports. We're on Facebook. Quad Pod Sports Podcast. We are also on YouTube, Quad Pod Sports Podcast. And we are on Podbean and Apple Podcasts right now. Spotify is being very spotty right now, so I cannot confirm that we were on there. So, anyway, stay safe. Wash your hands. Oh, the email. The email. Oh, yes. Email us. Email. Please. We want Please to email, email us. You're lonely. Email we want us. to talk to you guys. Email Please. us questions. Yes. Concerns that you have with our podcast. It doesn't even have to be about the podcast. They can be like, well, why is Trevor so cute? Or why is the sky blue? We don't know these things. We want to answer them together for you. So please send us those emails in. All right. So until next week, wash your hands and see all you cool cats and kittens later.